0: Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just
1: go to their website at current.tech.
2: As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply.
1: Welcome to Webcology. Webcology is the show that takes you into the deepest and darkest Of the ecosystem on the internet. Our guides will take you on a journey into web marketing and bring you the experts and the information so that you can further explore the web marketing world. Now, here are the hosts of Webcology Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Hey everyone. Hey
3: everyone, welcome to Webcology webmasterradio.fm. It's the uh, 27th of August, 2020, and it's another week where a senseless uh, act of violence has led to widespread social unrest and uh, social violence that's actually turning deadly. Um, His name was Jacob Blake. He was a father and he was a black man who was gunned down in cold blood in Kenosha, Wisconsin by a police officer who shot him in the back seven times. And his name was Jacob Blake and his spine was severed because a white police officer dehumanized a black man and shot him down in front of his children. And Jacob Blake is very likely gonna live his life as a paraplegic, a victim of the kind of decision-making that has plagued the United States and sent millions of its citizens into the streets in the midst of a global pandemic. His name is Jacob Blake and that name matters because the person it represents, another unarmed black person shot for no reason in a country that no longer understands itself. He matters and understand this, black lives matter. Jacob Blake's life mattered. George Floyd's life mattered. Breonna Taylor's life mattered. Adetina Jefferson's life mattered. Stephen Clark's life mattered. Philando Castile's life mattered all their lives mattered and too many in the last decade to mention's lives mattered they still do and they always will and friends this is an, there is an emergency in our lives and if we want to correct it and if we want to make anything matter we need to stop and realize that black lives matter realizing that is one of the biggest keys to saving the world <sighs> on that <laughs> um i'm tired i'm so tired of this dave yeah
4: well we need to be uh, we need to get to a, a place where we can start our show on a on a more uh techie note <laughs> well, uplifting you know even if we were just um, talking about uh about the good in the world and there there is a lot of it but it keeps getting overshadowed is, by. But- by, uh, Here's the thing. It's hard.
3: It's, 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 it, it, it's like the NBA players or the, the, the baseball players or the Major League Soccer players have all said. It's hard to see how any of this matters. Really. I mean, like we're talking we're talking about tech. We're talking about Google. We're talking about, like, I understand we're talking about millions of dollars and we're talking about people's investments and their dreams and their businesses and all that. But sometimes it's just hard to see how that matters when we live in a society where... An unarmed man can be pulled out of a car, shot in his back seven times in front of his children for no good reason, and we just go on. It doesn't seem that this is as important as that. But we all have parts of our life. You know, we all have to live. This is Earth. Things have to go on. Things have to move forward. Um. Desperate plea for people to move forward in unity and understanding and actual social equality. Because we ain't gonna move forward till we do that. Okay, <laughs> I had. I'm sorry. I got to get that stuff out. That has to be said. Anyone who's got a voice has to use that voice at this time. If not, we're failing ourselves. Yep. Okay. So lots of stuff's happened in the. Uh, in the uh, the world, the last uh, the last week, the, uh, beyond the uh, just incredible news, I'm trying to get to that place. Dave,
4: can you get us there? I'm yeah, ready. Oh, all right, all right. Um, I, I, you know what? I'm going to start us on a story that I, I know we have a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful guest coming up. So I, well, that's
3: a good way. Jeff Ferguson's coming. Jeff that's Ferguson's a great way coming. to cheer yourself up. Eh? Yeah, I mean
4: it. It, it is. I, I haven't talked to him sort of in a one on one in in a good while. Um, he wrote a, a, an excellent, excellent article over at uh, Search Engine Journal. Um, yeah. and you know what? I, I, we'll get into that after the break because I like, I, you know, I, I know if I talk, even mention the article, I'm, I'm going to get distracted and start talking about what it contains. And why don't we get that straight from the horse's mouth? We also need to talk about strange bedfellows, Walmart what? and Microsoft. Weird. Okay. So, so Okay. Yeah.
3: <laughs> we've been talking for the last, what, three or four weeks now about uh. Maybe even longer. It's hard to tell eh? about TikTok and uh, and um, the, the executive order that is threatening to shut it down in America. Um, Walmart and uh, Mic- Well, we, we, knew, we knew Microsoft was trying to come to the rescue, but Walmart's jumping in here.
0: Yeah, and
4: I I, I have to wonder now. They, they in the story. Now I read this was over at uh, CNBC. Um, the the story that I I was looking at on on the acquisition and they're you know they're alluding to it being Walmart is pursuing the acquisition while it's competing with Amazon right to mm-hmm. actually compete with Amazon um, and I my my natural go to instinct with a, an acquisition like TikTok like because the question we're all asking like. Microsoft makes sense. Great. Bad acquisition. Nobody really batted an eye. We all kind of went. Oh, well, yeah, Sure. I mean, besides um, the second it sh- had to happen in the first place. Yeah. But, um, but like, then yeah. Walmart made it confusing. And then I thought, you know what? It, this actually like instinctively, I'm like, this actually makes more sense. as an Amazon acquisition. And then the penny did drop. I'm like, okay, I have seen acquisitions where it's an acquisition just to stop another acquisition. Right? Like they might just be going, okay, if Amazon has TikTok, Right with Prime, with like with all of the Amazon sort of network that that they have and all the properties, that could make TikTok very valuable. I can't quite see, and maybe I like I I, I might be completely out to lunch. I can't see Walmart really making their money back on this one, unless it's just a case of going. I have to stop my enemy. And I bid on those, I've had those paid search wars, right? I've gone, okay, this is not about making money. This is about stopping my competitor from making money, right? Like, that's the only thing I'm doing here is stopping them from making money. Uh, and, and and who knows that that might be it because I, I can't see anything else in it. And I mean, I might be wrong. There's well. people smarter at these acquisitions than me, but... Think about this for a second. Going
3: into the uh, uh, COVID pandemic... Jeff Bezos was the richest man in the world, um, mm-hmm. and I believe he had a fortune somewhere around 110 to 120 billion dollars, which a mm-hmm. lot of money. Okay, <laughs>
4: It's some walking around change,
3: yeah. Six months later, dude is still the richest man in the world, except his fortune is now 200 billion dollars. Yeah. I saw that in the Globe and Mail report on business yesterday. Now, why would Walmart want to get into a channel that might challenge Amazon? Um, because the Wall family is just as greedy as Mr. Bezos is. That's why they want right. that money too. Um, I mean, seriously, the this man's fortune increased by about ninety billion in the last six months because people aren't able to go outside, so they're ordering in. Um that's just a phenomenal amount of money. And I can't when it was actually it was Brasco who who noted that, um, I think about it just before we went on the air, and suddenly it all fell into place. Of course, that's why Walmart's going for this, um, because it gives them the plat- It gives them a step into the digital world. And TikTok, I mean, what what an advertising platform! Here's check check out these numbers. Okay, this uh, in 2018 in the United States there was um, 11 million TikTok users. Mm-hmm. In 2019, there was 27 million TikTok users. Okay. Mm-hmm. In June of 2020, just a couple months ago, 91 million American TikTok users—that's a hell of a jump in popularity. Yeah. Now, I mean, Facebook is still sitting just shy of three billion users, which you know, quite a million more, quite a bit more. But that's rapid growth. I mean, that's that's 27 to 91 million users in a year is. Yeah. Uh, so that's
4: a hell of a platform to dive in at, eh? Oh, it definitely is now. Something that I, the person I would be nervous if I was an investor in this one, honestly, is Microsoft. Um, and and the reason I say that is we have a, a platform that is predominantly uh, sort of uh, appealing to millennials and, and and that sort of generation and and the generation sort of flanking it. Um, and how do you take the cachet? out of a social network you stamp Walmart on it in my opinion like you go yep i'm going to put like if Walmart is part of this and that's the name that gets tagged to it i could actually see that damaging damaging tiktok oh, yeah, it'll depend what Walmart sort of does with it um, in, in their memberships and stuff like that because just a just a few days ago and i found out about this news from my kid who was just like i rate that this went on we have an oculus now all of a sudden facebook is about to make mandatory that you log into your Oculus with Facebook. A bunch of the development community is like now boycotting it. It's it's, it's just tearing. Like, it was a natural step to me. But but from, from the generation younger than me um, and the generation that actually is in, involved in the, the development um, of these applications and stuff, they're outraged by this whole thing. And I, I do go, ooh, Walmart better better tread very, very carefully. So it better Microsoft. If you start making your logins mandatory for TikTok, it it could blow up just like i mean there's people now going oh okay well bye right like they're 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 moving they're already considering moving their their development skills over to uh to competitors so that could very well happen with tiktok and it could be nothing in a couple of years if they make the wrong moves here and
3: yeah, how many times has that happened before i eh?
4: Yeah. And great time to exit, exit with, you know, 20 to $30 billion in your pocket and then (laughs) let somebody else burn it to the ground. Right. (laughs) Okay. Uh,
3: A couple more stories really quickly. If you're, if you're, uh, doing XML sitemaps for Bing, uh, Bing put an advisory out. You got to include your uh, uh, main ranking and category pages. So you can't, People are like adding pages selectively to sitemaps, hoping that those are the ones that'll get discovered, and the other ones won't. Don't do that. Use your sitemap to give your XML sitemap to give the search engines the fullest and most complete picture of what they're going to discover in the website. Because they're going to discover all that stuff anyway if there's a link leading to it, and they just really want to make the load on themselves easier.
4: Yeah, I, I don't even understand. To me, this is like the the a worse version of like page rank sculpting, you know, post 2008, when Matt Cut said, it doesn't work. It just <laughs> out your, 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 your uh, sort of page rank. Like, um, why, 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 why are you doing this? Why are you stopping the bots from doing what bots are supposed to do? Why are you stopping the end from understanding? This isn't a ranking signal, folks. Like a, a sitemap is not a ranking signal. It's not telling them how to value a page. Even if it says priority, they're probably going to ignore that. Uh, because they know better than you they they have better engineers than you do. <laughs> like, and and you're probably using an automated priority generation system anyway. so just 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 treat a sitemap like a sitemap. <laughs> like uh, was it was it Google saying that you
3: don't actually even have to use them so much
4: anymore? Um, yeah. yeah, they're their mean, crawlers are good. Um, the only thing, the only place I would disagree with Google on that, well, not disagree, but go, it's highly useful, and I think even the folks at Google would say it's, it's useful for this, is if you are shut, like, dramatically changing your URL structure or setting down, oh. setting down sections of your site and just getting that 404 sitemap in there. Absolutely. Uh, the other thing it's really useful for,
3: um, this is not what its intended use exactly, but if you submit a sitemap to, uh, uh, through Google Search Console, you have a number of ways you can look at individual pages and it just sort of opens up a little bit of a tool set that gives you, I'm not going to say it gives you a glance at how Google sees your page, but I think it gives you a googly look at how Google sees your page. Yeah.
4: Well, Uh, and there's a lot of crawlers too that if you submit your sitemap, you can actually find, especially with WordPress, where it just sort of dumps everything, you can find your orphan pages in it, right? Like you can go, okay, here's my sitemaps, here's my crawl, compare these and make sure I don't have a bunch of orphans on my site or if I do do I not want them in the index because I should just delete them then or move them you know if you're in WordPress move them to draft or something to get them out of the index but the
1: point
3: being even if it's even if it's not um, a ranking getter um, it is a really helpful file yeah. to have on hand and there's a lot of things you can do with it so use it yeah uh, probably one more story that we're gonna get to Jeff Ferguson just um, t- What's a good? One? Oh, hey! If you're uh, here's one of the things that you open up when you uh, have a, a, a document that you you access through an XML sitemap in Search Console, you get to look at how again google googly look at how Google sees a site. And sometimes Google doesn't doesn't have your pages in the index. It might um, it might spider them and not put them in the index. It might have indexed them and uh, not be, not be displaying them. But it always gives you a learn more. You can always find out more about why your page, this individual page, isn't ranking. And Google will send yeah. you to a support document, which you will read um, letter by letter. You will pay so much attention to this document because you're thinking, oh, this is going to answer all my questions, and I could go do something something else for my time. Yeah. But you should probably know that they haven't updated that support document in quite a while.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
3: um, Google, Google uh, came out today saying, um, or earlier Google comes out saying the documents are important, but they're not updated regularly. Right.
4: Right. And I've hit those, right? Like I've, I've hit ones where I'm like trying to figure something out and, you know, some sort of back end of one of their systems and I'm like, the screen I'm looking at in this document is not the same as the screen I'm looking at in my browser right now. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, you know, usually you can muddle your way through if it's a simple enough uh, sort of task, right? How do I add users into this like sort of obscure area or whatever, but um but, you know, yeah, and it makes sense. I, I hear they have a lot of documents. That like makes... a lot of Like I think of like just if you change the interface of Google Ads, how many documents do you <laughs> need to go in and update just on all of the simple things like adding users and, and things like that? Now, m- these documents will get updated in a reactive
3: way. So if you write in a complaint or you write in a question or you say you mm. send something to John or Gary on Twitter or something, that might actually cause an update of the documents. Yeah, Or if Google introduces a, a new product and it's very important to them, then they might uh, go and update it based on the, on the new product or feature. But uh, most of the time, like 60 to 80% of the time, they're updating documents because somebody asked a question. Yeah. You know where you will find updated stuff? You'll find it at Reddit. You'll find it in big SEO forms and all that sort of stuff uh, in all those sorts of places. But you can't always trust the answers you're going to get there.
4: Hey, you know what? That sounds like a new place with with some updates as well. Uh, Facebook. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! You hey, got... can't trust your answers there either. You know what? We got we got we got to take a couple
3: seconds. Sorry about this, Jeff, but we do got to take a couple seconds on this one. Facebook. Oh my god! Like suddenly everybody's
4: got it. I've had yeah. it for like two weeks now, and is so what nice. I mean
3: by Chrome being like completely unusable
4: now. Uh, you know what? I, I'm having no problems with it. <gasps> really? Like, yeah, it, it so hasn't. Like, nothing. It hasn't slowed down. Um, it hasn't, like, bloat weird you. You
3: haven't lost stuff. Or, um. oh, wow, I'm like, okay.
4: Um, I, I, I know, but everybody else has. And so clearly it's just like, I don't know, my video card likes it or something like that. Like, something's going on that uh, makes it work. But because I know Melissa, uh, Melissa Fash, uh, your yeah. friend of mine, was yeah. talking about, like, she she was sending screenshots onto my post talking about how much I loved it. It was, it was bait, by the way, like, as you know. Right? But for our listeners, I don't really love it. I don't really hate it. But she was showing me like, you know, screenshots of like I can't even search for
2: gifts anymore. Uh,
4: no,
3: it's uh, again for me. It's a resource hog. Uh,
4: um, mind you, you have a massive, powerful unit, right? Yeah, I, I do have a pretty strong unit, and I have a pretty good, uh, pretty good video card. Um, so, yeah. okay,
3: we got to. Uh, so, anyone who's got complaints about Facebook, put up your hand, wave it around a whole bunch, and wave it around for the next two minutes or so because we've got to take a break here on Web College on you know, WebmasterRadio.fm. But stick around. We have Count Zero coming up. We got uh, Jeff Ferguson, and he wrote an article in Search Engine Journal um, about how many of the SEO studies really don't have the heft behind them that you think they might. It's been six weeks since he wrote that article. I want to catch up with him on it. And, uh, yeah, we thought it would be a good time to have him on. So he's coming on in about two minutes. Back, uh, back after these messages.
1: No! <laughs>
0: Get addicted. Get ahead. Ah, ah, ah.
1: Commercials off. Now back to Webcology. Only on webmasterradio.fm. Here are the hosts Jim Hedger and Dave Davies.
3: Hey everyone, welcome back to Webcology on WebmasterRadio.fm. It's the uh, 27th of August. 2020 week 20 it was 26 or 27 of the covid crisis we're uh, we're back with Jeff Ferguson partner at amplitude digital uh, former Hello. owner of Fang digital uh I want to call you I wanted to call you Jeff uh, Jeff Ferguson from Fang digital it just it seems so natural for that to come out
0: was it was 10 years yeah it's been that long. Yeah, it was yeah, 10 years of FANG, and then, uh, yeah, the opposite—the transition just happened. So.
3: It just has three. Right. Okay, so so you just partnered up with Amplitude uh, in the last couple of years, right?
0: Uh, well, I mean, partner-wise, we, we, yeah, we had been working with them for a while. The actual merger took place in uh, April of this year.
3: So. Okay. Okay. So during... Um, so y- you merged with another company during the uh, beginning of the COVID, the COVID crisis, you might, you might have that yeah. in the works uh, for, 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 for weeks in advance,
0: months in advance. Absolutely. Yeah. We were, we started talking um, it actually, it's funny. It had come up a couple of times over the years and we never really pushed forward with it. Um, and then in December of last year, um, I'd kind of decided that, you know, it goes, you yeah, know, let's, let's actually dig a little deeper here and see what this actually could look like. Um, and started, you know, down that road and, and uh, you know, began the process of, you know, opening the kimono and all that kind of stuff. And, and uh, um, yeah, and it just, uh, it seemed like a, a, a really good partnership on both fronts. There was a, um, a lot that we could uh, provide um, our existing customers and new customers and things like that by coming together. And, and um, uh, in the end, it ended up, uh providing a lot more stability that um that was certainly welcome uh when, when this all uh when this all kind of came down but yeah it's uh it's something that wasn't necessarily what we were going for obviously we we're doing it too uh for growth and things like that but uh yeah it's a it's kind of a trip now so we're it's uh it's been a fun ride well it's yeah, a it's fr- yeah we didn't even get to have the the big you know party that we usually would have with something like this there wasn't any uh uh you know we're we had plans for you know the 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 big bar night and the whole kind of stuff and invite everybody over and 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 celebrate and things like that. And, uh, and you know, we did it just like this over a zoom call. So it was was a trip.
3: Well, Jeff, you're a, you
0: are a veteran
3: digital marketer. You've been around as long as anybody, uh, that I think Dave or I know in the industry. Um,
0: Um, yeah, 20, 25 years.
3: You were part of that remarkable poker game at uh, SES San Jose, uh, the one that was all great until the, until security came along. You, you remember that one? Uh, I, I've seen photos of you. That's how long you've been around. Um, how do you feel about uh, about the the, the the industry in the uh, in the midst of COVID?
0: Um, it's good. I, I mean, I I don't know if I've really seen any. Anything where I'd say COVID or, or anything really like pushed the industry in a specific direction, I'm I'm happy to see that um, a lot of what we do is getting uh, more attention. Um, I think a, a lot of like big companies really started to realize that, hey, this is this is probably the time we really needed to do this. Um, you know, and, um, you know, they, a lot of budgets, uh, switched over, um, especially things that were on television where they, you know, they couldn't keep running the existing ads and they, they really started to realize, Hey, look, we could, we could change this digital stuff on a dime. And, and, uh, you know, the paid search stuff that we've been doing for a while is still working and, and social is still fantastic and stuff like that. So, you know, I, I think we get it. So I, I think you're, you're going to continue to see, a, um, you know, those that weren't completely on board, uh, with us before, uh, are suddenly going to go like, yeah, hey, all right, we're we're going to stick around, and this is we're going to completely, um, you know, embrace digital uh, as a as a whole, and that's that's been good for us as well. I mean, as an agency owner, we've you know, it's uh, we've seen budgets, uh, you know, slide around a bit. Um, it, it, it I wouldn't say everything shot up uh, because of that. Whatever, we had some clients that that pulled back a little bit because they were dependent on um, a physical presence uh but we had plenty of other ones that actually did up their budgets uh, because they um they either pivoted or uh they expanded or they did a bunch of the stuff that actually said hey great we can actually make this work for us and things like that so
3: as uh, as businesses are starting to open up um do you see some of those businesses that relied on social presence uh throwing more money into advertising and do you see them shifting shifting the ad channels out
0: there that they're throwing their in, their investments into no, oh, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I, I think uh, even from like the the small business onward up, I, I think you're gonna you're seeing that already. Um, it's uh, it, it's something kind of kooky uh, where. Um, I, I think in hindsight, once once this all kind of settles out and the and the surveys start getting passed around and people start going, hey, um, you know what made the difference for the companies that survived um, this, you know all this this that was happening, all the recession that was that was a result of this and everything, and you'll see it's the ones that actually just fully embraced digital and, and jumped into it and stuff. And I, I uh, another I did a SCJ article. Uh, not too long ago, about the like the the pandemic shuffle or the COVID shuffle, I think you called it, and it was like three small businesses that I really highlighted and two two of my clients where I kind of pointed out that like you know it was really easy for you just to kind of sit there and say hey this is the way it's going to be and not make any changes. But there was a bunch of companies that said well no we we can't just sit here and 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 like die while we're waiting for. You know, customers to come back and things like that. So they're yeah, everybody from a comic book shop all the way up to a, you know a record store and a, a local. Um, you know, a local liquor store over there that that was dependent on um, you know, tastings and things like that. All of those just jumped on it and said, Hey, we can we can really make it work. So, but uh and then uh, like I said it was a couple of clients of mine that that said, Hey, look, we're gonna we're gonna pivot this so either, you know, anything from hey, we're gonna start making masks or and things like that, but they're also jumped into it. But in, in all those cases, it was um you know, using digital to make that difference because they were trapped otherwise, right? And, and and it was, you know, anything from old school stuff to where they said, hey, we've had this email list for a while. Let's, let's actually start using this thing. But all the way up to, um, you know, uh, really big, cool stuff where they they go, hey, you know what, um, let's, you know, let's build out the social side of this. Let's start doing a lab advertising. Let's start doing whatever. And it, it, uh, uh, it's amazing to see. I, I think that's the, the fun ones. But meanwhile, you know, I've, I've got, Things just over out in Burbank where I live, where uh, you know they're they're not opening back up, and they could have been like these places could have been back. And and uh, my local record shop that I used to walk to, like it's I haven't seen it open back up, and I'm I'm fearing the worst at this point, but.
4: Now, do you think? I, I mean, I've experienced the same. I think a lot of people in our industry have sort of seen stories similar to that, or, or at least you know some of us. I, I've heard the the opposite being true. But where you have clients who are sort of boosting up or or an influx of of new business and or spending dollars shifting to to digital or people mm-hmm. sort of engaging in the first time in digital, do you think that's related to the measurability, which I view as a big advantage? Here's your CPA, right? Like that, there, there it is. There, there's the dollar or. Um, you know, also uh, in in a case like this, I can't even imagine how many TV commercials I saw or print commercials I saw, where because the the, the span, the the sort of life cycle to launch of these things is so long, relatively speaking, they, they almost they almost made me cringe. The ones I right. was seeing in you know sort of April, May, where I'm like, ooh, that's that's not. That's not the world that we're in right now. Whereas you can pivot incredibly
0: fast, exactly. Um, and, I, and I think it's the latter that is really what it was. Yeah, I think it's. I mean, the the measurability I think is is a nice bonus for them. Um, but I think it's more about the fact that they they realize just. Um, how accessible it all was, right? You know, like, I mean, you know, as, as somebody that's getting ridden the line on both sides of this, uh, you know, I, I started off in, uh, you know, getting trained in traditional media and, and you know, trafficking ads on, on print and television and radio and things like that and what that process looks like. And I still have. I've, uh, we've had instances with uh, when we were FANG uh, where we were working for clients like Sony Pictures and things like that where we ran the entire campaign that included traditional media And, um, you know, I had to kind of dust off my trafficking abilities and everything to figure out like how to actually like deal with this stuff. And I'm going, how do you, how do you put up with this? You know, like my, my, the kids in the shop, uh, you know, have got like the search, the social and every other piece of the campaign live. Uh, in a couple of hours, and uh, meanwhile, I, I have to go find a fax machine to to get this IO into, into <laughs> uh, in the TV show. You know, like what what is going on with this stuff? And and they've come a long way. I mean, it's a lot better than it used to be. But even then, like the just even everything with like the video formats and just every weird thing in the world, we had to like hunt people down. It's like, hey, do you actually know how to format it this way? I haven't seen this since the '80s. You know, like it's it's uh, it was some really crazy stuff. So like you know, you, you come up with uh, uh, um, you know, digital, where it's kind of like, you know, hey, can we can we turn this off? Can we, you know, turn this on? Can we expand it to whatever? And it goes, yeah, well, you know, in an hour, we'll do it right now. <laughs> well, um, and, yeah. and, and how yeah.
4: much do you think we would cover? And I, I mean, we can only each person's going to speak to their own company, but I know part of our growth in in this one has been caused uh, by a, a necessary downside of this entire uh, situation, which is uh, Dave's board. Uh, Dave can't go anywhere. And so mm-hmm. Dave's learning new things. And so Dave's now relooking at what he can do for clients and going, Oh wait, we can pull in this resource. Oh wait. Yeah. Let's use your email list like this. Cause I just learned a new thing. Cause I took some new courses, right? Or like how much of, of, of this growth could actually just be, we got a bunch of marketers who are now kind of bored because we can't do yeah. anything. We can't go to conferences and, and go out for drinks together and you know, that sort of thing. So I, I guess I'll just learn a new thing.
0: <laughs> I think that's I think that's very valid. I mean, I know um, you know my, my reading has certainly shot up um, as far as like the things I went back and looked at. Um, you know, some of it is just me tying things together because I'm I'm writing a book for the uh, for the class I teach at UCLA. Um, but you know, it, it's a lot of things where once I start doing these deep dives on this information, I'm going, Hey, that's a great idea. This is yet another way I can do this. This is whatever, uh, you know, I'm sure my, you know, my team is, is probably getting a little, uh, you know, beat up uh, with the, with me constantly sending them stuff. Like I go Hey, look, here's yet another thing we can do. Let's bring this up. Let's try this, whatever it is. And, uh, you know, I, I think the the weird side of that though, and, is, is that, um, a lot of that isn't necessarily coming from the platforms themselves, right? I mean, it's uh, I would be expecting a lot more to be hearing from my Google reps or from hearing from my Facebook reps or things like that, to where like here's how to do this, here's how to make this changes, here's how to whatever. But we're not. It's it's something where the community is bringing that up and and learning how to do it. But it's uh, yeah, it's it's nuts. Uh, you would you would think it'd be like more you know these platforms would do it, but see right now the platforms all seem to be focused on uh, you know getting called. Uh, you know, part of the problem with the elections and everything like that. So I, I think they're busy.
4: So no, if, if, if we're having so, some sort of time, like steering away from, from elections, cause I mean, that's just a rabbit hole that we could, we could follow for, for the next like f- five days. Um, you know, and if we, if, if we all have, you know, some more time, you know, we were talking a little bit alluding to, you know, having more time learning new skills, that, that sort of thing. Should we be spending part of that time to decode Google's algorithm? <laughs> 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 nice segue
0: nice, nice segue young man yeah um <laughs> so i uh, that, that's a good thing and obviously that's that's uh, you're kind of referring to the uh, the article i wrote uh, i think it was last month now it's it's been june it's 15 been going for a july 15 july 15 right yeah so the uh yeah and still still getting uh chatter around that. still getting you know pushback or or mostly praise thankfully enough but uh yeah it's something where um I think it's still a good time to uh, continue studying. I think it's a good time to actually dive into it and still understand it. I know, uh, you know, right now I'm in the, in the midst of, of writing a really long piece that that is going to end up in the book, but it'll also, um, you know, I'll use it as a blog post as well on, on how search engines work. And it's something where it, it, it's this fantastically comprehensive uh, look at how this process works and something that I just haven't seen uh, done that way. But it, it's something where... Just in that instance of finally getting this like all in one page and all in, in one sequence and and kind of uh, pulling it together in, in one long piece like that, um, there is a deeper understanding there. Um, you know that uh, I I don't think most people really understand. Like I really think they they come back and and they're still trying to look at individual pieces of the puzzle uh, and trying to isolate like one piece of how this stuff all works. And and it's it's I don't think. I, I think those days are gone. Uh is, is I think is one of the big problems. And that's that's uh you know, one of the, the reasons why that article was was kind of resonated with a lot of people because I think the days of of you know being able to say, Hey, you know I mean we've all been through it we've all been around this for as long as the same amount of time but you can remember the days back and, and you know where people were blogging and stuff and and it would be as simple as like hey look we noticed that this title tag is the same title that's in the search engine results and it has this many characters and you know Google is definitely paying attention to what's in there and that's cool and that's something everybody could agree on whatever it is but once it started getting really complicated <laughs> and and went beyond that to where you've got these these things that are driven by, uh, you know, machine learning systems and everything like that. Um, and you've still got uh, a lot of old school guys that are coming back with this same uh, linear regression kind of models that, that that prove this stuff. And people are going, that's, that doesn't sound right. And, and, you know, and, and Google will still tell them like, it goes, you're, you're kind of there, but it's not, it's not that simple. Don't do that anymore. And, and it's, it's, uh, it's something where I think it, it gets a little dangerous.
3: This speaks to a, uh, to a, Old generation slash new generation time in, in the search uh, the search industry and if we, if we could just step back for a second, I just want to explain to the audience. that on uh, July fifteenth, Search Engine Journal published an article by by Jeff um, <clears throat> I questioned the methodology and well the usefulness of m- many, if not most, of the SEO studies that um, that are out there and that we've based and grown a twenty five year old industry on. Um, in this article, uh, Jeff names uh, names pet theories and names names the people behind these pet theories, and in some cases, uh, large businesses were built off of um, what uh, Jeff and a actual status statistician that uh that 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 that, that, that Jeff uh, uh, contacted, uh, Jen Hill was her name, uh, Jen Hood. Jen Hood, sorry. Um, It's a very long article. I'm scrolling down desperately trying to get to her name before saying it. Jen Hood. An an actual statistician um, who who, uh, Jeff knows from outside of the search industry um, to get rid of any confirmation or uh, 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 friend bias. Um, First off, Jeff, why did you... What made you want to look at um, the, the, the whole... Uh, correlation causation um, debacle in the industry in the first place?
0: Um, you know, it's, it's something where uh, I, I mean, I mean, I'm just a nerd about this like everybody else is, I, I think. And, and um, there's a lot of studies uh, outside of search that, I, that I've looked at over the years and, and I've always been fascinated with data and how it gets used and how, um, you know, how surveys and things like that work. And, and, Um, You know, uh, I'm mostly fascinated from, um, I guess, a societal standpoint on how, uh, what a dramatic effect. Um, this information can have on people. You know, like if you you publish one, you know, one study that that states that you know, like uh, women are better than men at this, or or you know, one race is better than this, whatever it is, or or something like that, and um, you know, the world can just explode, right? And and nobody bothers to dig deeper and actually find out like how was that study actually conducted, uh, how many people did it look at. Uh, what was the process? Has it been peer reviewed and all that kind of stuff? And there's there's methodologies and things like that. And um, I'd actually been uh, part of my reading that I'd been doing during the during the lockdown uh, was that um, uh, one really interesting book that was called uh, "But What If We're Wrong?" And uh, it was is this great concept about like you know the the, <laughs> the concept of wrongness and allowing yourself to be wrong and and, and saying like oh, I'm probably incorrect about this. There's ways to actually do this stuff, but in in reality. He, um, the author of it, uh, who's uh, slipping my mind at the moment, but he, he really was, was into this idea of like, look, there's, there's so many times um, where, um, you know, the process of being right or being proven right, uh, things like that, is so wor- well done. Uh, that you kind of go look look we do have a process to prove these things correct right and one of them um, he he actually interviewed Niels the guy's Tyson and and was yeah. did it from us and and uh, Niels and you see I quoted in the article talks about this process to where like hey look when we when we say something in science, right, it's not something we just, one person gets to come forward and say, hey, this is it and it's true and and we're done, right? Yeah, it's Chuck Klosterman. Thanks, Dave. Um, But the, uh, uh, but it was this idea of like, like many, many, many scientists have gotten together and fact checked each other and ran the same uh, experiments over and over again and said, yep, we can, we can agree. We're all on the same page with this within a certain amount of it. And it's a real, you know, it's a good start of it. And and, uh, scientists work together and they, they collaborate and they do all kinds of fun stuff. And, and I, and I was gonna go on like well that's it. That's that seems to be like one of the, the really big missing piece of this one is that you know, like we don't have a lot of scientists working together. We've got you know like well, we, we have a whole especially.
3: bunch of studies that get done, but very yeah. few people can replicate those studies.
0: Exactly. Yeah, and that's the big problem. I mean, even even between like the major tool companies that are out there, between Moz and sem Rush and and Hrefs and things like that, where they 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 all kind of come up with things that sometimes they get close, sometimes they don't. Whatever it is, but even their own tool sets or even their own uh, metrics that they developed, um, you know, for things like that, they actually don't even line up the same way on how they they actually agree, right? And and it's it, it's it's a real trip that it comes out with it. But once we start looking to it, I, I start going like, well, what if I, you know, I, I actually had written an article already that where I asked about the legality behind. Um, featured snippets and it was something where I brought a bunch of lawyers in and said, Hey, look, is this, is this really a thing? You know, when people say, you know, Google is stealing clicks from people, is that, is that really the case or whatever it is? And, and it was really fun because I actually could bring in some real expertise into the, into the puzzle and get these great answers. And the article it was super fun. And so I said, well, what if I did that again, but actually reached out to like real scientists or real statisticians or real mathematicians and said, we're, you know, how, how can I go down this road? And, uh, you know, there, there weren't as many <laughs> statisticians out there that answered as, as there were lawyers, as you can imagine. But it's something where uh, Jen was one of a couple that, that kind of uh, stepped up and said, I was really interested in this, this topic already. She, she she doesn't work in search, obviously. She actually was, uh, she's doing stuff for Volvo. Um, so you can imagine, like, talk about complicated machinery, right? You know, like it was something where you're, you're looking at statistics for like how cars all work together. And, uh, so that was kind of like where she came from and she's, she uses search engines obviously, but she doesn't know how they work. She didn't know where it came from. And so we literally started, um, you know, I started like uh, funneling her, um, different studies that were like big at the time or, or got some notice or whatever it is. And it said, like, I'm not going to like say anything about it. I, I'm not going to give you, I'm not going to bias you in any direction with this. Like, I, I just want to see like, what's, what your opinion is on this stuff. And uh, yeah, it it, and it was nuts. It was it, the whole process was really like fun, and and what came back would could have made for like two or three articles um, for winning it up. But but like what you saw there was uh, was you know the the prime stuff. I think So
3: one of the things that I saw a lot of stuff in uh, in your piece, and we are not going to have time in the show to cover as much stuff as I want to <laughs> cover out of your article. But one of the things that, that I did saw was um, some of the some of the more um well known names in the industry. Some companies that are that are um, quoted back to every SEO when they're on the phone with the client mm-hmm. was named in the industry. And one of the one of the stats, domain authority. Yeah. That large company, Moz, was actually, you know, arguably built on that stat. Um mm-hmm. And you found that the study was kind of weak. Kind of weak, yeah.
0: Yeah, and that's something uh, that she really looked into uh, when she... It's funny, it's like she didn't even start there. That wasn't even like part of one of the studies. It was something where... Uh, She was looking at another study that used uh, domain authority and reference. And then she went through and said, well, I want to understand what this is. So she kind of went down her own rabbit hole and looked it up and found um, uh, one other article that actually stated um, the actual correlations of domain authority. Uh, between position, which is what it's there for, like that's its job, <laughs> is the show like that, and and in, initially in reference to um, you know inbound links and how it has effects on this stuff. But the the weird thing was that the correlation for like positions one through ten on this one were super weak, like super super weak, like you know fractions and fractions of a, of a percent. And um, and they were actually stronger for positions like 6 through uh, 10 or whatever it is. So like 1 through 5 was weak and 6 through 10 was stronger. Um, so like the very top spots like didn't actually line up with something. And um, I, we got called out on that one a little bit because people are kind of going like, well, that, that can happen. You know, like uh, there's the, there is a uh, thing in, in uh, statistical science that actually says that when you're dealing with complex systems that there can be weak results right that just happens um the thing is it's been and jen kind of replied to this one almost immediately she goes yes that's very true but they're never that weak right like it's something where that was at the complete other end of the spectrum where they were so weak that it just wasn't useful anymore um it's usually something where you kind of say hey look you know uh you know it's actually a process called emergence which I'm, i'm writing another piece on now but it's the you know think about the complex all the chemicals that it takes to make you like your eye work like it goes there's there's tons going on there and if you try to measure just one chemical in your eye it's going to go well that's a weak correlation to that it's actually that chemical that's doing this right but it's that's because there's there's hundreds of things so and that's uh that's that's where it's going to come in from in this one, and so we said, yes, you're right. Um, links are only part of this this equation, right? But it, it's something where it still has to be proven that it's in there somewhere. And this and domain authority didn't line up with anything. Which, by the way, I've heard Gary Isle say out loud and and stuff. as uh, when I was at SMS Sydney last year, he kind of said that you know, like domain authority really doesn't line up with anything. He goes, PR has got uh, uh, page authority. It's kind of got something to it. I can see it, but domain authority just doesn't do anything. And I said, "Yeah." And like you said, that's the rock that you know the church was built on with these guys. And and it's not it's not something that's really useful, but it's quoted all the time as being a thing, especially when you're trying to like sell a domain or something. I guess. <laughs> and I so badly want to follow up on on exactly that, but we can't
3: this second because we have to take another break here on <laughs> webcology. Uh, saved by the bell in some weird ways. Right? Um, <laughs> Friends, Stick around. We have Jeff. Berg- we, we got Jeff Ferguson. if you're Sticking around for a few minutes. Um, this is Webology at WebmasterRadio.fm on the 27th of August, 2020. I'm back with Dave Davison. Beats like an end of markings. Geometry noise Media. Stick around. Pack up Sit
1: tight and don't move. Webology. We'll be back after this short break. for a deeply discounted rate today. That's podcast.wmr.fm.
3: Commercials off. Now back to Webcology, only on
0: WebmasterRadio.fm. Here are the hosts, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies.
3: Everyone, this is Jim Hedger from Digital Ways Media. We're back on Web College you know, and uh, Dave Davies from b Internet Marketing here, is here. And uh, Jeff Ferguson from Amplitude, Amplitude Media?
0: Uh, Amplitude Digital. Amplitude Digital. Yeah. So I'm horrible with new names. <laughs>
3: um <laughs> So we were ta- We were just talking about a domain authority and the study behind it. Um, I don't want to hammer on Moz too badly because Moz isn't the only company in the industry that um, seemed to uh, take a hypothesis and um, write their hypothesis into a theory without doing the um, the, rest of the work. Yeah, the rest of the work to prove the theory yeah um, really quickly and I you know you named names in the article. What else did you find out that, that, that was out there?
0: Uh, you know, it, it, a lot of it is. Um, I think the bigger problem is is just the the sloppy data uh, that is available to, to so many people. I think that's the really big one. And and again, not to pick on on uh, Moz or necessarily on Brand Frischkin, who's like I, I've always actually been a fan of his, and and uh, he and I've been on the same stage together at, at, at times over the years. But like yeah. it's something where uh, I, I think there are are times where. Um, and it happens to everybody—not just Rand, but in this this excitement around having access to uh, these big piles of data that we've got—I don't think we were taking enough time. To not only uh, really question whether or not that, that data quality is, is solid enough, um, or, but uh, even more so is like once we actually start to come up with the analysis of what that data means afterwards, that we're presenting all sides of the equation, right? And, and um, I, I think all too often it's, it's a very quick uh, headline type of grabbing. Uh, publication that you you'd never do in any other type of scientific publication and they they will be the first to tell you that it's not a scientific publication but that doesn't matter because people believe it like it's a scientific publication right and and but they'll come up and say you know like google plus ones back when that was a thing uh you know have an effect on uh, you know a direct effect on on ranking or that anything on social media actually has a direct effect on ranking or um you know dozens of other things that have been postulated over the years i mean i'm still seeing articles where people Are are saying that word count um, is a thing, uh, you know, on on posts and things like that, and just completely misunderstanding how this works. And it comes out over and over again. And it's because these studies come out over and over again, and actually say, hey, this is what we found. And in reality, they should be presenting both sides of the equation to say, look, it could mean this, it could mean that this, but most likely it means like this, and and that it's you know it's doing it for the same reason where it lines up with that. And and that messiness or whatever is is just causes havoc, which is like the whole real point I, I wanted to. Doing this article was the idea that we could do better with this and uh, help each other. Band. I mean, these these are tool companies that are designed to help us out, and, and and in reality, they make more work for us because we actually have to like deprogram. Um, our clients, like some type of hostage, you know, after they've been captured, <laughs> you know, kind of say, look, I'm sorry. I know that was in a, in an article that Rand wrote, but that's not, it's not actually true. You didn't really mean it that way. And it's something that, you know, like Google has said this, and and now they've, they've done a great job of making Google sound like the enemy. Like they're just, you know, they're misinformation people, like it's dealing with, uh, you know, like big search or something like that. And it, and it just becomes a mess that, that's all for us. And it doesn't have to be. I, I think I think this all could be doing much better and helping and things like that. I mean, so <laughs> now,
4: one of the things, like a, a lot of the, the
0: problems that we
4: talk about here, like that were at least in the article that we're sort of encapsulating. And by the way, you, you ended up distracting me for about an hour in the middle of a work day looking up Mulholland, who was referenced in it. <laughs> and I'd only known it from Mulholland Madness. At, uh, yeah, it's fascinating. Ladd. Fascinating, anyway, dude, I just, interesting. It and really I, is, I, I actually yeah. I got to read more on that. But.
0: Made one you go back and watch Chinatown again, didn't you?
4: I, 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 I did I haven't yet, <laughs> yeah. actually, and I remember that when I was rereading the article for our, yeah. for our conversation today. I'm like, oh, yeah, right, I need to do it. But um, I know we've only got a few minutes, and this is a big question, but one of the, the problems that we end up hitting or, or that I'm taking from this is each thing, we have complex systems driven by machine learning you know, on, on Google's end, and then we're taking our little pocket of informational data and going, oh, okay, this is how, how this impacts an incredibly complex, incredibly large system. That's more like the butterfly flapping its wings in China. Most of these signals that we're re- recording, right? Like we're like right. DA or, or this link. Well, it, you know, there, there's so much involved here, and where you are, and who you are, it wouldn't even be possible. Let's imagine infinite resources. You are, he's got enough money to do this, as we were talking about earlier. You're Jeff Bezos, and you get a bee in your bonnet that you want to reverse engineer this thing. Mm-hmm. You have an infinite number of proxies because you're Jeff Bezos. <laughs> That's what as yeah. you want. And, and and you have the, the you know, machine learning engineers. Could you, like, is it even possible or could an engineer even figure this out? Could a machine learning system figure out this machine learning driven system or is it just almost futile and we need to view everything as just a... Yeah, just it's, serve your user out. and build good links. Yeah,
0: it's it's unknowable, right? Yeah, you know, like you know, it's yeah, it's it's. So I, I think you could, and and um, I didn't write the article, but Mika did. Um, if you see, it's up on Search in General, Actually, came out this week, and it's fantastic. And it was actually a response to my article on how you could actually do it, right? And he, and he, and he gets into the math, he gets into the, the, the data collection science, he gets into a lot of things under like all the puzzle pieces to do it. And as you can imagine, it's incredibly difficult, right? And and uh, it's something that would be nightmarish and, and it's super expensive to do. Um, and as, as Jen Hood, my statistician kind of pointed out, it is, um, you know, it's something to where once you've actually think you've got it figured out, it's going to change beneath you. Mm-hmm. Right? You know, like and uh, I heard this great quote. There's a new uh, movie that's about um, uh, what's this about Tesla that just came out uh, this past week or whatever it is. That's fantastic. And they were talking about like uh, he was trying to do some experiment at some time. And the quote from the movie was like it was like trying to get the ocean to sit for a portrait. Yeah. Right. and uh, and I was kind of going, well, that's that's dealing with search engines, right? Like, is the idea that you you may actually understand something in that moment, um, you know, that to say, hey, this is driving this, this is causing whatever it is, uh, but you know, in in an algorithm that that we know changes every day um, and has even bigger updates and other massive changes coming on uh, that you know, sometimes they tell you about, sometimes they don't. Like, you may have figured it out in a moment for that one specific thing, but you know like it's going to change as you're looking at it you know and and so it's probably better instead to kind of pull back and think in, in kind of more general terms and focus on things that you've ultimately got control over, like, you know, writing quality content, or making sure your you know your website is up to sta- standards, or, you know, you do public relations style link building and stuff like that, and stop treating it um, like you're trying to like tick boxes, uh, you know, for something that that some hack uh, writer gave you as a checklist, and instead say, hey, look, I'm, I'm going to focus some customers am going to do this, whatever. And then that's ultimately, you know, what, what's going to make a difference. And that's, I don't know, you know, just to push the book, that's what the book's about. But it's also this, the you know, it's in general, that's where we're going at with SEO is those the, those days of like, you know, making little tweaks and stuff like that are, they're just gone. Yeah. I'm
3: afraid we're down to our very last question, probably down to our last couple last minute. Um, mm-hmm. These tools are out there. Um, a great deal of work has gone into them and a great deal of work has gone into websites because of the, the results of these tools can webmasters use uh, Moz tools, uh, Ahrefs, uh, SEMrush, or any of these tools? Can can they use these stats for anything useful?
0: Absolutely, I, I use them. Right? So, I mean, I, I use multiple times. I am, I am proudly. Uh, both a Moz and an sem rush and an ahf sort of tool user like I have been for years uh you know when the agency came together we all do this stuff and we've got different uses for it uh, they are for t- fantastic for things like uh, doing keyword research they're fantastic for uh you know doing link profiles and things like that uh, they are especially fantastic at uh, crawling your own site and looking for errors and things like that that come with like these tools have a real purpose in life that are fantastic and that's really what they should be like leaning on to everybody as, as the real usefulest kind of stuff. But I, I think it's, it's our own human nature that we want um, we want to assign a value to something. We want to assign a score to something or whatever it is to be able to say like, Hey, this is what this looks like. This is the number that I'm working with. This is a value, whatever. Hey, I'm better than this person. Like that's, that is ultimately where I think it drags us in the wrong direction. Um, and people get too caught up with it and and or they just don't understand it or whatever it is. But it's it's like that's the problem. But otherwise, the tools themselves are fantastic. I was I was on, you know, STM Rush this morning uh doing research on on uh, like a, a link building plan uh, for an upcoming article. And it's something where I'm going like this is fantastic. Like, you know, like uh, people in public relations, they, they, uh, they should be the people that are like going like, it goes, what a tool. I've been waiting my whole life for this, but I don't even think they know it exists, right? But link builders do, right? And, and people that have been trying to hack the system for a while and I do. But like, in reality, if this got presented to actual like PR people to say, hey, look, this is a tool you didn't know exist, and it would make your job incredibly easier uh, you know like it's i think it would they'd have a whole different segment of uh of business that they were, they're not <laughs> even like, right you know like so. olga meet
3: jeff jeff <laughs> olga oh. okay i'm afraid jeff we got we have to leave it there but uh jeff and nope. partner as Ampli- usual. digital man Thank you so much for joining us. It's, it's always delightful. Uh, always delightful talking to you.
0: My pleasure. Yep. Yeah. And that's the, on that. Note. Right on time, eh?
3: <laughs> Friends, you have been listening to Webcology on Webmaster Radio.fm on the twenty-seventh of August, twenty twenty. The COVID crisis is real. Wear a mask. Stop the spread. Wash your hands frequently. Don't touch your face. If you do gotta touch stuff, touch your keyboard. Rank well. Do good by each other, be kind to each other, stay safe, and we'll talk to you next week.
1: The opinions expressed on this program
3: are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution
2: without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited.